Welcome back to the Showcase Sports Show, everybody. My name is Griffin Conan, alongside my co-host, Elijah Cornejo, on this Kobe Bryant day, 824. Of course, E, the legendary Kobe Bryant, his birthday was yesterday, and uh, unfortunately he passed away just a few months ago, but today is a day to remember the great Kobe Bryant. E, kind of tell me, what, what's your favorite Kobe Bryant moment? I think my favorite Kobe story goes back to the 2009 Western Conference Finals, him playing the Nuggets and watching him and Melo battle it out. That was a pretty great basketball memory for me. That's kind of actually what really sprung me into loving the game of basketball, loving the competitor that Kobe was. Of course, being a Nuggets fan, I hated Kobe's guts around that time. Right. But wow, what a competitor. There's never really been a competitor like him other than you know Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods. Tom Brady, these kind of guys, but that Mamba mentality lives forever. You know, ever since we lost Kobe, the uh, world kind of went to crap. So That is true. Kobe, you know, it was such a sad day when he passed. And there's So much has happened since then, of course, with the pandemic and just all of these things happening. But, yeah, I agree. He is just one of the most legendary players, I think, in sports history, not just basketball. I think one of my um, memories of Kobe Bryant that kind of sticks out for me the most is it's, it's got to be his last game. Just the way yep. he went out at Staples Center back in 2016 against the Jazz, scoring 60 points. That was a special moment because you, you knew it was Kobe Bryant's last game, and he just rode off into the sunset in, in the most Kobe Bryant way possible. And, and I think the Lakers won that game too. So They did, yep. I mean, he was a winner. Man, those, those teams that he had with Shaquille O'Neal, those were some special teams, that, that dynasty. I mean, my favorite teams to watch with Kobe were the ones with Pau Gasol and Derek Fisher, those guys. Man, what a way to grow up watching him play ball. I don't know. I wouldn't trade anything for the world. Yeah, I, I think with those Lakers teams, too, um, compared to the Shaq teams that he played on, I think he was more of the go-to guy, too, right. on those teams. And he just really took over those teams in crunch time. And whenever the Lakers needed him the most, it seemed like he always came through. You know, It, it was just so hard to beat Kobe Bryant. And As Nuggets fans, I mean, like you said, we'd witnessed it firsthand. The greatness of Kobe Bryant. I, there's just not going to be another guy like him. Of course, that mob mentality will live forever. So on this day, 824, we remember Kobe for the player that he was on the court, but also the good man that he was off the court. All right, it is that time of the show. It's time to play Blast from the Past. If you missed last week's episode, this is a new segment that me and E are doing on the show. Me and E will both come up with one sports player from the past, could be anybody, and we will take turns guessing hints on who that player might be. I uh, fortunately won last week's matchup. I had, uh, who, who was my player? Ron Dane, that's right. Ron Dane was my player. Elijah, you were... Uh, Monty Toomer. Monty Toomer, that is right. So let's start things off here. My player happens to be baseball this week. So uh, Elijah, kick things off here. Okay, uh, what position? Oh, third base. Third base. That's right. Okay. Third base. Um, when did he play? So uh, my individual here, he played from 1999 to 2011. Third base, 99 to 11. Okay. Uh, 
How many? And teams? actually, so he did play. He played. He kind of. He was kind of more of a utility guy. So he played all over the place. So he he did play at third base, but he also played at shortstop and second base too. So he kind of played all over the infield. Okay. Um. What teams did he play for? Okay, so he played for the New York Mets, the Baltimore Orioles, the Colorado Rockies, and the Arizona Diamondbacks. And those are in order of, of one on the years he played. Question four. What <laughs> what numbers did he wear? So he wore number six for the majority of his career. I think I think his whole career, actually, he was number six. Okay. Hmm, very interesting. Okay, question five. Did he ever make the All-Star game? Yes, he was a two-time All-Star in 2003 and 2005. Okay, which teams were those with? That was with the Orioles. And he also won the Silver Slugger Award in 04. Okay. So question six here. So obviously he was a starter with the Mets and the Orioles. Was he a starter with the Rockies or the Diamondbacks? He was, yes. He'd only played with the Rockies for a season and the Diamondbacks for a season, but he was a starter. What two when years were play. the... Okay, I guess question seven. What two years were the, with the Rockies and the Diamondbacks? So, yeah, he played for the Rockies in 2010 and the Diamondbacks in 2011. Now, E, we do have a new rule that we added to the game this week. You can now phone a friend if you are stumped. Absolutely. Yeah, you can, you can, you can phone anybody you want in your contacts, but just make sure that... Just make the wise decision. That's all. It's, that's the only advice I'm going to give you. I think I'm going to exercise this new rule right okay. now. I'm going to call my friend Liam, okay. also the brother of our producer Audrey. Shout out. Um, he's my guy. He knows a lot about baseball. She's the grit of this podcast. She really is. Actually, that is a fact. Anyway, I'm calling Liam and see if he can help me out because I'm a little stumped right now. I have an idea of who it is. Okay, but I don't want to blow it. All right, go ahead. All right, here. Let's call Liam. Liam. Quick answer from Liam. He's ready to play. <laughs> He's ready to go. Liam, we got a question here for you, okay? So we're trying to name this baseball player. We got a couple hints. He was primarily a third baseman, but he was kind of a utility guy. He played from 1999 to 2011. He played with the Mets and the Orioles, the Rockies, and the Diamondbacks. But he only played with the Diamondbacks his very last year in 2011, and he played with the Rockies in 2010. He was a one-time Silver Slugger winner, correct? Yes. And a two-time All-Star? You said two-time All-Star, right? Yes, two-time All-Star. Okay, do you know who this is, or do you have any hints? I'm just going to throw a random name out there. Mike Piazza. I don't know. It's all good. Mike Piazza? (laughs) Thank you, sir. Goodbye. Uh, Okay. Well... (laughs) Well, Liam, thanks for the help, Liam. Way to waste my call a friend. My Liam, Liam seemed to be rushed there. He seemed stumped as well. That was just so ridiculous and so outrageous. You I, might, I'm going to have to have a stern talking to, to Liam. Maybe I'll maybe I'll use uh, Liam as my phone a friend, and we'll see. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe you he'll should. Help, maybe he'll help me out a little more. Mike I still have Piazza? faith in him. What? Yeah. What? I, he played for the Rockies, didn't he? No. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. You're right. Yeah. I, yeah. Okay, Griff, give me a hint. Give me give me a good hint here. Well, get this. His wife gave birth to quintuplets. Okay, that really just... So he fun had, fact, but does not narrow it down. He has three <laughs> girls and two boys, and they're all born at the same time. I think that's insane. That is actually really freaking nuts. Oh, okay. I have another question. Okay. I believe this is question seven. Okay. I think, yeah, it's seven. Does he have a brother in the league? Or did he? No, he did not. Oh, boy. All right, Griff, give me a good hint here, not a quintuplets thing. Come on now. Okay, okay. He was the third baseman before Nolan Arenado came to town. 
Dude, I don't know if that's much any help. I'm, I'm telling you, I think I know is I know who it is, but I can't remember his full name. He so he played in 113 games for the Rockies um, in 2010. He batted 285 with seven homers and 45 ribbies. So oh. not bad. He wasn't necessarily a power guy, but 285. It's a pretty good average. Is his first name Melvin? It is. <laughs> oh, oh no, I can't remember his last. name. But do you name. remember his last name? Oh, you, I think you're thinking Dude, of the player. Dude, I specifically remember this guy because there were so many trade talks of us trading him for <laughs> Dan Ugla. Do you remember oh, that? Dan Ugla was because a we, because of terrible Rock. fielder, but man, that guy could hit. Dude, remember he th- went on like a 40-game yeah, hitting this streak? This was the year he went on that hitting streak, and his his market value was at the highest it's ever been. That's right. And there was talk because they knew Arenado was coming up, so they knew that they were not going to stick with this Melvin dude. <laughs> yeah. What is Melvin's name? Man, does this count? Oh. Will he get a half point here if he if I mean he's got half his name? Half a point? Yeah, is that? Oh my goodness, what's his freaking name? All right, I got three questions left: eight, nine, and ten. Number eight. Okay. What is the first letter of his last name? It is the letter M. M. M as in mouse. M as in Mickey Mouse. And that's gonna seal the deal, folks. I know you, it. You know I who know, it is? I know his name. Wow. I'm going to be absolutely stunned it, if I don't get this. It took you long enough. The answer is, that's right, I'm mailing it in at qu- at eight questions here. Okay, okay. Melvin Mora. That is correct. Bingo. Oh, yes. Okay, good. He gets his first win. It should have taken me seven the questions, past. but it had to go eight because I just couldn't remember his last that's name. That's all right. Hey. Uh, and this is with no help of Liam. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah. Hey, this is a much better showing from last week, I it think. It is. I I'm, got blanked. I'm, I really thought it was Ruben Drones I'm last proud week. Of you. Ended up being Ron Dane. Not a good look. I'm a proud friend. All right. Well, let's go into my player now. Griff, he is indeed also a baseball player. Okay. So, okay. so we're, we're going all baseball this week. We, we went all football last week. We did. Okay, we so did. We've switched the tide here to baseball. All right. Let's hear it. What are your questions? Okay, what position did he play in the majors? He played shortstop. Shortstop. Okay. Question two. What teams did he play for in his playing career? Played for the Atlanta Braves, the L.A. Dodgers, St. Louis Cardinals, and the Miami Marlins. Wow. Okay. Four teams. That's quite the list. Yep. yep. Okay. Question three. Did he ever make an all-star game? He did three times. Okay. 2003, 2010, and 2012. He also won a World Series and was the NL Rookie of the Year. Okay, question four. What team did he win a World Series with? That was... The Cardinals? It was the St. Louis Cardinals. Okay. Okay. All right. Wow. You sure know the Dodgers ain't winning nothing. Okay. Or the Marlins, for that matter. Right, right. Okay. Question five. Was this player a switch hitter? Did he hit from both sides of the plate? He was indeed a switch hitter, yes. Really? He was. Yes. Wow, okay. Switch hitter, okay. Played for the Cardinals, won a World Series with him. Also played for the Dodgers. Played for Isn't that the what you said? Braves, Dodgers, Cardinals, and the Marlins. Okay, is that in order? Yes. The, the teams he played for? Yep. Okay, okay. All right, E, I'm going to phone a friend here. I've oh, got boy. a special friend that's very dear to please, our hearts. Please do not tell me you're going to call who I think you're going to call. Yes, I am going to call the baseball expert, host of the Small Ball Podcast, the Matt Gregory. Dang it, man, no. Now let's see if he picks up. If he doesn't pick up, I guess I'll just have to go with plan B. But here we go. We are calling Matt Gregory. Come on, Matt, don't answer. Come in clutch, Matt. 
Come on, Matt. Hello? Matt Gregory, you are on the Showcase Sports Show. How you doing? Well, I'm doing great now. How are you guys doing? I couldn't be better, but I could be actually maybe a little better if you help me out with this player that I'm trying to guess. So, as long as it's baseball, I'm here. What was that? <laughs> the baseball, because I'm here for it. Yes, that's why I actually introduced you as the baseball expert, so please don't let me down here. I'll do my best. Okay, so here are our hints so far. So... I'm guessing right now, Elijah's player, has he was the NL Rookie of the Year in 2000. He is a, what, three-time All-Star? Three-time All-Star. Three-time All-Star. He played for four teams. He played for, this is in order, Atlanta Braves, LA Dodgers, St. Louis Cardinals, and the Miami Marlins. And he did he did win a World Series with the Cardinals in 2010, was yep, it? Yep, was 2011. 2011. And he okay. is a switch-hitting shortstop. Yep, and he's, and he's a switch-hitter. Now, uh, do you do you have any clue who this could be, Matt? Oh my goodness! You said NL. NL, yes, oh, the no. National NL League. Oh no! Yes. Oh, I think I do. Oh no! Also, just a uh, little uh, clue here. It is illegal to look up who the players are. That is a oh, no. that is a law in the United this guy States. Also played for, you said he played for the Cardinals, right? Yes. Yes, he he, he, he played, for the, played for the Miami Marlins. Cardinals, yeah, Cardinals, Dodgers, Marlins, Braves. Oh, I know for a fact who it is. Oh, this is not are good you, for me. Are you coming in clutch right now, Matt Gregory? Raphael Host of the Call. Small Ball Podcast? Who is it? Raphael for calls. Raphael for call. Is that your okay. answer, Griffin? I, yeah, and we only get one guess here, right? Yep. It's only one I'm shot. final answer, Raphael for call. I only know because I moved to St. Louis in 2000, 2008, and I remember watching that 2010-2011 uh, Watching those Cardinals teams. So well, I know for a fact it's Rafael for call. Well, I thought you'd be the perfect guy to call just because you're from St. Louis. And I just, you know, you just always come in clutch for me. So I appreciate you. Now, hold on, Griff. Is that your answer? I think so. Sure. I trust Matt Gregory here. And that sounds right. I was going to say Miguel Tejada, but it just didn't sound right. So, yeah, I think Rafael for call is my final answer. Are you sure about that? You're locking it in. I could be wrong. Who knows? We'll Chris, see. I'm sorry if I sold you. It's I okay. Really I think wrong. this is a really good guess, honestly. Well, the answer is. Tejada sounds right. Yikes. Okay, wait. Do you want do you want to change it to Tejada? No, I'm going for call. I don't. It's either it's either Tejada or for call, but There's I think I gotta go. I think for call. I remember for are call played sure for the Dodgers. I I, sure I remember that. I remember that too. No, I'm not sure, but we're gonna go with it. So I think I'm, I'm as sure call. as I can be right now. I think I'm going to go Raphael for call. Final answer. All right. Bingo. You win. Yes. Oh, <laughs> devastating. Matt, man. I'm I love you, two, man. Matt, and it's your fault. I'm not going to let that one go. I better be on the small ball podcast soon because oh, of this. Uh, don't worry. You'll be on this next week's episode. Get ready. Check Good. Deadline. Teaser. Good. Teaser. Yes. Thank you, Matt. Wow. And how about that? Matt Gregory, I, ho- I owe him a big one helping me get another win. And blast from the past. Devastating. I'm 0-2. But hey, uh, you know, things can only get better from here. So I'm at rock bottom right now. I'm going to rebound. I'll yeah, be you, back next week. You can't get much lower, but I believe in you. You're going to win eventually. I just can't win the summer, man. Our softball team sucks. I suck at this game. I just can't figure it out. But I'll be back next week. That's all right. Someday. All right, E. We got a lot of NBA basketball to talk about here. Let's start with Luka Doncic. Just making this series a series, hitting an absolute crazy shot against the Clippers. Superstar, dude. Superstar. Un- unbelievable. The way he stepped back. That was a deep three, too. 
deep three. I think I believe he had 42 points, 17 rebounds, 13 assists. Dude, don't forget that was all on a bum ankle. He's yeah. got a hurt ankle right now. He had an MRI on it on so, Saturday. Yeah, I, and I know we're we're in the bubble, of course, and, and all that stuff. But wow, just what a performance, especially for a young player like Luka Doncic in the playoffs. That's just prime time, man. That guy is an absolute superstar. I don't know. I'm really excited to watch that series play out. Do you think the Mavs have a legit shot at beating the Clips? I think they do now after winning that game. I, I think it would have been tough going down three to one against a really good Clippers team, but it's two to two. It's pretty much like it's zero zero now. It's it's a brand new series. You know, first one to freaking win two games. Yep. That's three now. Yeah. Um, I really definitely think that the Clippers are in jeopardy right now, especially with how hot Luka is. Kind of similar to what you're seeing in the Nuggets series with Donovan Mitchell. But, man, this Luka guy is just unbelievable. And, you know, you see all the teams that picked in front of him in that draft, or in front of the Mavericks in that draft, like the Suns taking DeAndre Ayton. Right. Like, oh, my gosh, how much would the Suns you, love to have Luka? You wonder if they're now? starting to second-guess their decisions because, I mean, Luka's looking like the next face of the NBA right now. He that's, really that's is. That's how good this guy is playing. Yep. And like I, mean, I Trey said, Young is amazing, but he looks way better than Trey Young. Yeah. No, I agree. No, I do agree. I don't know there's um, a whole lot of point guards better than Luka right now. Right. I really don't. And, and I will say one last thing about this series. The Clippers need Paul George to step up. He had a pretty average game four showing. So I, I will say, I think the Clippers, if I had to pick right now, I think the Clippers still win the series. Mm-hmm. But I think Paul George has got to step up. I think a lot of players on this Clippers team needs to step up. Paul George is just kind of annoying. He calls himself Playoff P, but he has a <laughs> one jack, dude. Yeah. I mean, even when he was in Indiana, he I mean, he always played the Heat well, but he never beat them. They never beat LeBron in the Heat. Right. You know, now he's in LA and he's on the verge of losing to Dallas, the 7 seed. Don't get me wrong, that's a very scary 7 seed. Right. But uh I don't Not know. Your normal I, seven seed. I think you're totally right that PG needs to step up. Now, if the Mavs pull off the subset, are they title contenders? I think they are. I think they could be. I think with that offense just humming like it is right now, mm-hmm. I think they, they. It's like the Rockets. You just outscore anybody. You know, right. you don't have to play the best defense, but if you're scoring 140 points a game. You're right. probably going to win 90% of your games. Yep, I totally agree. It's just going to be difficult again to knock off the Lakers, man, with LeBron and AD. I mean, those two are just the most impressive dynamic duo in the league. Um, I think that's pretty obvious. Two of probably the top five players in the league. So it's going to be just, again, really hard to stop the Lakers. Moving on to another kind of shocking series is the Utah Jazz and the Denver Nuggets. The Jazz are currently up three games, 2-1, with Game 5 coming on Tuesday, the 25th. This has just been a kind of a crazy series. The Jazz are absolutely shooting out of the gym, shooting 48% on their last 93 shots. Shout out our stats guy, Andy. But yeah, they're just unbelievable right now, shooting from the arc. This Utah team's interesting to me because... Rudy Gobert, when you have a guy like Rudy Gobert down low, the way the Jazz have been uh, running the pick-and-roll offense right now with Gobert and Donovan Mitchell, it's uh, they're running the same play almost every possession, which leads me to wonder what the heck are the Nuggets doing on defense. I, I was watching the game last night, and Jokic was he, he was kind of just playing this position of kind of staying back to guard Gobert on the pick-and-roll instead of coming up and guarding Donovan Mitchell. And Mitchell had that mid-range shot open, pretty much all game. And he's cash from there, um, too, so you're just playing to his strength. Right, and and I think they've been doing that all series. So it it's kind of baffling to me that the Nuggets aren't really making those adjustments, I would say. But, hey, I, I, I will say the Nuggets did play with a little more effort and energy than they did prior to games two and three, of course. That's just, it's still unacceptable, though. Um, you're the three seed. 
And, you know, yeah. you're supposed to be handling these guys pretty officially, and you're not at all. This guy, Donovan Mitchell, is dropping 50 on you a game. It's just it's yeah. outrageous. I, I mean, he's breaking. I think he was the first player to have multiple 50-point games against a team in an NBA playoff series since Allen Iverson did it. And He's he, unbelievable. And Michael Jordan is also on that list. So that's high praise for Donovan Mitchell. I'm not trying to take anything away from Donovan Mitchell and what he's been doing this series. But the Nuggets got to step up, and it might be too late. Yep, I agree. I think the Nuggets are a really good regular season team. They play well at home. But in this kind of bubble atmosphere, they're not necessarily the road team, but it's a neutral site. So that you know they don't have that altitude, that, that home crowd that'll keep them energized and keep them in the games. But you don't have to. This is what I think. It baffles me that they are lacking the energy in a playoff series. I think naturally, I think you've just got to come out on fire in a playoff series. It, it, it's just confusing to me that you wouldn't be trying hard in a playoff series. I totally agree, and I feel like that kind of starts to fall on the leaders of the team, Jokic and Murray and Millsap, and also the coaching. You know, Malone's got to fire these guys up. Not even that, what's really stood out to me, kind of what you were saying about Gobert defensively. When you have a guy like him in the paint and he can take away your best players, especially if he's a big guy like Jokic, and he can take away his, you know, paint play, Right. then automatically you force Jokic to shoot. And don't get me wrong, he's a great shooter. But you take away half of his game. Usually Jokic is scoring 15 points in the paint a night, and now he's really not. Like, you've seen that dramatically fall off, and Jokic isn't even attempting to shoot in the paint. He's just passing it out or shooting from the perimeter, mid-range. He's not driving the ball at all. And, you know, honestly, I'm really disappointed with Jokic because I've been waiting for him ever since he entered the league to get that killer instinct and for him to know he's the best player on the court at all times and for him to go after it and be the main scorer. He's not that. I don't think he has that dog mentality. He doesn't have that Mamba mentality where it's just like he's the best on the court. You know, in my opinion, Jokic is the best player in the series. I think he's better than Donovan Mitchell. And again, nothing taken away from Mitchell, but I just think Jokic needs to be more of a dog and get after it. And I'm just not seeing that. So you're right. The energy is definitely off at Denver. Yeah, I agree. And not to also mention Jordan Clarkson is just coming off the bench and just murdering the Nuggets. Yeah. I mean, the, the Jazz are just shooting so lights out. I, I don't know how you stop them at this yeah. point. Yeah, like I said, you got to give props to Utah because their role players are coming in clutch. It, it's a he's kind of like remember Rodney Hood last year. Oh my gosh. in the yep. semifinals against the Nuggets. Yeah, Jordan Clarkson's kind of like that guy right now. I mean, yep. he's just he can't do wrong right now against the Nuggets. I mean, he's that shooter that can come off the bench, even start at the shooting guard position. He's just a, an X factor, I think. Absolutely. This is just going to be an interesting series to watch, see if the Jazz will finish off the Nuggets on Tuesday. Well, E, we got some news out of Philadelphia pretty recently, actually, uh, as of today. Brett Brown has been let go as the head coach of the Philadelphia 76ers. Of course, the Sixers got swept by the Boston Celtics in their first-round matchup in the bubble. So the Sixers obviously think coaching was the issue there. Of course, Joel Embiid has been noted saying, trust the process. E, are you still trusting the process at this point? Nope, I gave up a long time ago. I don't think that they have the pieces really to win a championship there, and I eventually think it's going to lead to the departure of Embiid, Um, and I believe it's just going to be... Ben Simmons team. I really actually think that this could happen this offseason. You know, the rumors are starting to swirl. But not only that, players like Horford, I believe Embiid, and someone else, I can't remember who, were starting to kind of subtly point the finger at Brent Brown. Um, so to see him go, maybe this will rejuvenate the 76ers. 
I don't know. It'll be interesting to see who they replace him with. You're hearing rumors of Jawan Howard from Michigan. I don't know. It's it's just going to be interesting. Do you, do you remember how bad the 76ers were probably five, six years ago before they had Embiid, before they had Simmons? I mean, they yeah, were. A, I mean, they missed on three or four number one picks. Yeah, right. They had like the number one pick for three or four straight years there. Right. And then they blew it, um, I think, two out of the three times and hit on Embiid. But Embiid, again, if you remember, didn't play for the first two years, I believe. Right, right. He was like a third-year rookie, or maybe it was second year, second or third-year rookie, and it was just, I don't know, kind of abandoned the whole trust the process thing. I know that's their slogan over there in Philly, but I don't know. Do you think it's time to blow it up? You know, I think if you don't accomplish maybe a deep run in the playoffs in the next year or two, then I think yes. But I think that what the Sixers are trying to do here, I think they're going to try to bring in a new guy to kind of get to that next level that maybe Brett Brown couldn't get to. A lot of the time these teams, not just in the NBA, but in sports, tend to put all the blame on the coaching. Right. When I think the Sixers have some, I think the Sixers honestly have some player issues, which is concerning. So they got to do something up there in the Northeast, whether it's players that need new free agent signings. I don't know. I, they just, something's got to change because this is just not acceptable. You can't, I know Simmons was out in the first round. Uh, That's a huge hit, obviously. But you know. to get swept by the Celtics the, the way they did, I think it's, you know, pretty deserving that Brett Brown did get fired, unfortunately. Absolutely. I totally agree. They just didn't really have, you know, like we were just talking about with the Nuggets, not having that energy. The Sixers never had that energy, never had that mojo. I don't know, man. I just didn't, uh, I saw, kind of saw this one coming from a mile away. How about some more coaching news out of the NBA? Greg Popovich. Now, now this is a rumor that's been circulating uh, around the NBA today. Greg Popovich, possibly to the Nets to coach KD and Kyrie Irving out there in Brooklyn. What are your thoughts on that? I'd love it if I'm the Nets, 100%. Obviously, I would be absolutely devastated if I was a Spurs fan. I honestly don't think it's going to happen. I think he's going to stick in San Antonio. I think he's just built too much there and left too much of a legacy to leave now, especially because he's only getting older. He's 71 years old. But then again, maybe that's why he would leave, Get you know, try to accomplish a couple more title runs before the end of his coaching career, especially because I think the Spurs are grooming Tim Duncan to be that next guy. So maybe they're ready to take the step with that. Um, right. And maybe it'll be kind of a mutual thing because I think – you know, obviously the Spurs aren't what they used to be. They're still, I mean, they're just outside the playoff picture, but I think they're still kind of rebuilding, yeah. trying to build those pieces around Derek White and DeMar DeRozan, uh, LaMarcus Aldridge over there. We'll see. I, what, do you think he's going to go to Brooklyn? You know, I think there's a good chance, honestly. I mean, don't you think he deserves a little better than what is going on in San Antonio right now? Because I do. He, it's just He's one of the better coaches in the NBA, one of the greatest coaches in, in, in NBA history. Why not, as your final, you know, going out, go coach a Brooklyn team that can win a title? I totally, why, why not try to go win one more? Popovich, right, I, is, like you said, he's 71. He's getting up there in age, you know. I, I'm not sure how much longer he wants to keep coaching. But then again, I, I see where you're coming from as well. I mean, he's been in San Antonio, I think, longer than we've been alive. Right, and he's honestly. just a loyal guy. So I don't know if yeah. he's going to want to leave. It may be bigger than basketball at this point if his family, you know, if they have all their roots there in right. San Antonio, he may not want to leave. So I think that's kind of what it's going to come down to because obviously he has a better chance winning more titles with the Nets right now um, than the Spurs. Uh what about him going to Philadelphia? You don't see that, right? I, I think there's zero No, I don't. I think it's just too big of a disaster for Popovich at this late I in totally his career. Because if, if, if he were to go to a team like Brooklyn, I already think Brooklyn's way better than the Sixers coming in, going into next season. I do too. Uh, if KD and Kyrie are healthy, yep. just because of those two guys alone. 
that's going to be a fun team to watch, especially if Popovich is at the helm. All right, Griff, let's head back over to the land of frozen biscuits and howitzers. Okay. Second round matchups, Griff. Bruins Lightning, who do you like in that series? Well, you know, the Bruins did take game one, but I'm going to stick with the Lightning here. I stuck with them in the first round. I'm going to stick with them in the second round. I think, like I said a couple weeks ago, I think the Lightning, just after that devastating first round exit last year, I think they are hungry and honestly kind of mad about what happened last year, and I think that's going to fuel them to a series victory over the Bruins. I really like the Lightning too, especially with the Bruins having a backup goalie in Halak back there, but we'll see. He's been balling out, and if he can continue that, I think the Bruins have a real shot, but I think uh, Kucherov and Stamkos and those guys from Tampa Bay are just going to be too quick for the Bruins. And I will say real quick, I think the Lightning got to be way better at the power play. They were 0 for 3 in Game 1. So I look for the Lightning to maybe be a little better in the power play opportunities game two. But yeah, it should be interesting. The Bruins are a good team. I'm not trying to undermine the Bruins or anything, but uh, it should be a good series. So what do you see between the Flyers and the Islanders? I really like the Islanders in this series, honestly. Um, I think the Flyers were kind of balling out in the bubble, but man, that uh, the Islanders really showed out in the first round. Well, yeah, I tell you what, the Islanders, they, they were so good in the first round that the Capitals ended up firing their coach. Yep, he got canned. Yeah. I, so, think, I feel like that was pretty inevitable. Yeah, but, I, you know, the Islanders, they've just been playing really good hockey. Like I said, I, I think goaltending is the ultimate equalizer. Semyon Varlamov has been playing at a pretty high level. But the Flyers are one of the better teams in the Eastern Conference. So, man, game one is tonight. That is Monday, the 24th. Uh, What's your prediction? I like the Flyers in this series. I think. And I think, how many? I have them in six. Okay. Six. I, I'm pretty high, high on the Flyers, I think. Um but it's hey, it's their first Eastern Conference second round series since 2012, the wow, Flyers. Wow. So if anything, maybe a lack of playoff experience might well, end up haunting them. And with Hart in there as the rookie goalie, yeah. I think that, like you were just saying, a goaltending plays a ginormous part in playoff hockey. So it's right. going to be interesting to see if he folds under pressure or if he's able to flourish. All right, let's switch gears to the Western Conference here. Uh, how about a little matchup here? Dallas Stars versus the Colorado Avalanche. The Stars actually already took game one on Saturday. The Avs are really banged up right now. What do you think, E? Does this end up haunting the Avs? Are the Avs in trouble? I think it really all depends on their backup goalie right now with Grubauer going out indefinitely. Um, and now Eric Johnson going out indefinitely as well. Those are two huge hits for them. I think it all falls on the shoulders of Pavel Frantzos. You know, it's really going to see or be interesting to see him versus Ben Bishop, goaltender to goaltender. I don't know. Yeah, Frantzos, he did not look so hot in the first game against the Stars. We'll see if he can rebound. He's the key in my opinion. Well, I think it's interesting um, in this series that Frantzos actually has a higher save percentage than Grubauer does in the season. So that that's an interesting thing to look at. Of course, like you said, the stars with Ben Bishop, uh, one of the better goaltenders in the NHL. But like I said, too, the Avs are just super banged up. Outside of Grubauer, they got uh, Eric Johnson, their defenseman, who's kind of suffered a bad injury in Game 1. He's ruled out for Game 2 tonight, Monday, August 24th. So the Avs are going to have to overcome some injuries, but I think they have a lot of depth to be able to make this a series and eventually win the series. Who do you have in this series? I have the Avs, and I think it's going to go in six. Um, I think they're going to catch fire a little bit. I think Francois will land on his feet and start to perform better than he did uh, when he took over for Grubauer in game one. Last but not least, we have the Vegas Golden Knights and the Vancouver Canucks. Um, this is going to be an interesting series, although Game 1 ended in kind of a blowout, a 5-0 win for the Vegas Golden Knights. They've only lost one playoff game in the first two rounds so far. I don't know. 
right now, I think to me, they're kind of the clear cut favorite. I think the Avs were in that conversation, but now with Grubauer going down, I think it makes things a little bit murky. Uh, so I definitely think Vegas is kind of that leading candidate to take the cup for me right now. What do you think, Griff? Well, I'm going to agree with you on this one. I think the Knights, but just the, what they have showcased in the bubble against these teams, it, it's been outstanding. I mean, like you said, they've only lost one game. That was to the Chicago Blackhawks. It's hard to ignore performances from Robert Leonard in that game. He had a shutout. Uh, it was his first playoff shutout, actually. But yeah, like you said, they did defeat the Canucks 5-0, which is also interesting because the Canucks did end up eliminating the defending Stanley Cup champion St. Louis Blues. So don't count out the Vancouver Canucks. I, I think they do make this a pretty good series, actually. I really do. Like you said, I think Vegas is a definitely a Stanley Cup contender, along with maybe the Avs and a couple other teams. I'll take the Knights in six games here. Yep, I have to agree. I think the Knights in six is the move. Let's move on to the diamond baseball. It's in pretty much midseason action right now. Yeah, you know, halfway through. Kind of right? crazy. The playoff picture is starting to carve itself out right now. But first, before we get into that, let's do our classic idiots of the week. Would you like to tell the audience that is tuning in with us this episode who the idiots of the week are? Yep, absolutely. Um, this was a consensus pick between me and Griff. It was. So the idiots of the week are, <laughs> in fact, your very own co-hosts here me and griff yes. we are the idiots absolutely moronic what once, we did once again we've fallen into the trap of the colorado rockies Ooh. and believed that they were the real deal they were 13 and 4 right 13 and 4 they were 11 and 3 they were 11 and 3 do you know what they've and done I since they were 12 then? and 4 take a take a ponder here you want to take a guess of what they've done since then they've lost seven in a row Yes, they've, they, they're now 13 and 15. They're two games under 500, fourth yeah. place in the NL West, which behind the god awful San Francisco Giants. Yeah. But again, yeah. what is going on there? I knew it. They do it to me every year. We look so Dude. good in you know April and May. We look like the best team in baseball. And sure enough, no, they're frauds. All and, of them. They've gone two and twelve since yep. going eleven and three. Absolutely That's sickening. Pretty bad. I, I believe they have the longest losing streak in the majors as of now. On the bright so, side, they're playing the Arizona Diamondbacks, who are also on a five-game losing streak. Yeah, someone's got to win there. Right. Both the bottom feeders of Either, the NLS. This is so. what I predict for, for that game, which starts tonight. I think it's either going to be like a 2-1 to one game, like just no offense at all, or it's going to be like a 14-12 to 12 kind of yeah, game, like a totally, low-scoring football game It's going to be 14-6 Diamondbacks win. That's my call. Okay. Well, you've yep. had it there. Rockies are going to lose their eight straight tonight. Well, since we're pretty much halfway through the baseball season here, which is crazy, let's let's talk some midseason World Series picks. E, why don't you lead us off here? Who do you got in the AL? In the AL, I have kind of a, a team that's starting to get a lot of attention. I've really liked them since the start of the year. Um, no, it is not the New York Yankees, which I know is a lot of people's picks right now. I actually like the team who just swept them, the Tampa Bay Rays. Really? I like them a lot this year. Their pitching is starting to come together. I don't know. I think they're going to maybe make a move or two at the deadline. Look out for them to go after JT Realmuto from the Phillies. Um, I don't know. I really like the Rays over there in the AL. How okay. about you? You know, I might make a lot of people in Minnesota happy by saying this, but I might go the Minnesota Twins. Really? They have the best run differential in the American League. I think they might make that next step, take that jump this year. I know they lost in the divisional round to the Yankees last year, but 
I'll tell you what, the Twins, they got the offense to win a ring. They have the pitching staff to win a ring. And quite frankly, they have the bullpen to win a ring. I don't see a lot of weaknesses on this Minnesota Twins roster. So really, you think that the Twins could beat the Yankees in a seven-game series? Why not? That's all I'm going to say. Why not? I think the Yankees are the, you know, one of those teams that I think everybody thinks are going to go to the World Series. Yeah. And a lot of the times that's not really the case. Think about the Nationals last year. I mean, they came out of nowhere. They had a losing record, I think, halfway through the season. I totally see what you're saying. I just think... It's a hot take, maybe, to some, but I I really do think the Twins have a good team. I think um, if they get hot at the right time, why not make... I think they can make a run. I see what you're saying. I don't necessarily agree, but I see what you're saying. I think if anyone's going to shut down that lineup, though, it will be Garrett Cole. All right, Griff, I have a feeling for the NL, uh, we're going to have kind of a similar pick here. But who do you like in the NL? Well, it's it's hard not to choose the Dodgers at this point. They're 22-8. and eight. They have the best run differential and not only the NL, but in all of baseball, plus 79 is what that number's at. It's not even close. You said um, the Twins were leading in the AL, right? What is their run differential? Yeah, so they're at a plus 40. Right. Um, and, then, and they're leading the AL, right? So and the Dodgers are plus 79. Yeah, they that's have 39. Nuts. Yeah, that's a 39 difference there between the Twins and the Dodgers. I think this team, honestly... If I had to choose right now who's going to win the whole thing, it would have to be the Dodgers. This team is just playing remarkable. I feel like this team always just has, like, weird platoon, like, bench guys always coming up big for them, like Kike Hernandez, yep. Gavin Lux. Dude, even going back to weird guys. when Andre Ethier came out of the outfield and became a bench guy, that guy was so clutch as a, oh, I know. As a bench player. That was player. like five years ago. He yeah. played in one of those World Series so against the Astros. You're totally 2017, right. I think it is. But They always have that depth for them, you know? Yeah. So, I don't know. We'll see well, if they can turn the corner this year. I, I'm they, tired of betting on the Dodgers. Yeah, and they have such a huge payroll, too, and right. that's just such a huge advantage. I mean, it, it just helps them with the players that I mentioned coming off the bench. I mean, they can pay a little more for some better players to help fill those gaps. So you think it's going to be Twins and Dodgers? Twins and Dodgers. Dodgers with the win? I think so, yep. Of course, don't count out teams like the Yankees and the A's, but I think the Twins, hey, Minnesota's due for a, uh, a championship run. I think this year might be the year in a shortened season. All right, well, we're about three weeks away here from the NFL season kicking off. And we have some big news out of the National Football League. Earl Thomas has been released by the Ravens. He's now a free agent. He got in a kind of an altercation with his teammate Chuck Clark. So this is just huge news. Uh, what kind of what's your first reaction of hearing this news? I'm not gonna lie, I was a little shocked. I really liked him and how he fit in Baltimore. I don't know. He got in this altercation, I guess, and that's what sparked the fight. And he ended up getting in kind of more of an argument with the rest of the team up in management and things like that. So that's what led to his release. I guess they tried to find a trade partner for him and could not find one, which is interesting because I really thought teams like the Cowboys would be in on that. I don't know. I, like I said, I was just kind of shocked to hear this news. Um, that's kind of a big hole to fill now in Baltimore. I don't know exactly what they're going to do. Yeah, I mean, it must have been really bad that altercation that they had, the fight that they had for Mm -hmm. them to release a player like Earl Thomas. Any predictions as to where he's going to go? You know, like you said, I I could see him going to the Cowboys. I feel like the Cowboys haven't really had that dominating safety presence in in quite some time. So I could see Jerry Jones maybe spending some big bucks on Earl Thomas there. And, you know, like I feel like the Cowboys have been rumored to get a big-time safety for about five or six years now between Jamal Adams, even Earl Thomas when he hit free agency the first time and went to Baltimore. Ended up picking up Ha Ha Clinton Dix from Chicago. You know, that's going to be... 
I believe his fourth team now yeah. in like the last four years. Best name so, in the NFL, by the way. By far. By I, far. I think that's been established for quite some time. Ever since he got drafted. Yes. Yes. That's, that's Ever fact. since he was playing at Alabama, I think. But yeah, I, to- I totally agree with you. He fits in well in Dallas. So yeah, Dallas definitely up there for me. I think the Eagles too would be an interesting fit for Earl Thomas. I think the Eagles are maybe just a few pieces away from being a contender again, maybe like making that. a Super Bowl run. So watch out for the Eagles maybe trying to get in on the Earl Thomas sweepstakes. Absolutely. I like a couple teams here. Definitely both the ones that you mentioned. I think the team that really jumps out to me is the New England Patriots. They lost Patrick Chung because he opted out. I think just what better way for the Patriots to be the Patriots than to pick up Earl Thomas. That that would be a Bill Belichick move. They always just capitalize on everyone else's mistakes, and it's just a perfect fit, I think. So I see him going there or possibly even – their rival, the New York Jets, um, you know, obviously after trading Jamal Adams, that's kind of a hold there. They did get a starting safety in return, um, but I just think that the Jets are a perfect fit. Um, and lastly, San Francisco 49ers, I think that their secondary could use a little bit of help. Back there, obviously, with Richard Sherman, you know, reunite them from their days in Seattle together. I don't know. I just think that's a weirdly very good fit. Yeah, I agree. I, I could see that happening for sure. Of course, the Niners trying to make it back to the Super Bowl. I think that would be a mighty fine addition for that 49ers defense. All right, how about some uh, games to look out for this week? I'm going to go with the Mavericks-Clippers series, of course, tied two games apiece. I think the winner of Game 5 here is going to be very important. I think that is a crucial game for both the Dallas Mavericks and the Los Angeles Clippers. Absolutely. I have one for the NBA as well. I'm going to go with the Rockets and the Thunder. Just today while we were recording, the Thunder evened up the series at two. So that's going to be really interesting to see if the Rockets will be able to regain that momentum and close out the series or how that one's going to play out. And don't forget about the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Be on the lookout for those four matchups. Any closing thoughts from you, E? Yeah, absolutely. Check out our website, showcasesportsmedia.com. Check out our Instagram page, at Showcase Sports Media. We're actually doing a giveaway this week for a Gary Harris signed photo. And also, if you guys like what we're doing and you like our podcast, go ahead and give us a good rating on whatever platform you're listening to and like and subscribe. That's going to be a wrap. Cheers from Showcase Sports Media. We'll see you next week.